Hey, hey, it's Paving the Way, bringing you the Promote Yourself podcast, where our goal is to build positive communities through inspiring, uplifting, and promoting individuals to be their best selves by talking all things life, all things philosophy, and all things human. I'm your host, the Blasian Sensation, Trayvon Walker. And first and foremost, I want to say thank you for showing love and tuning in. I believe we're going to add some value to your life today. So at the end of the episode, make sure you hit the follow button and hit the notification bell so you never miss a beat when we drop an episode. Today's episode is a banger. So lock in, take notes, and be prepared to be a little bit better than you were yesterday. Again, thank you for all the love. And we're going to give it right back to you. Enjoy the episode. Hey, hey, good morning. Welcome to the Promote Yourself podcast and our Tuesday talks with Zach and Trey. Um, Today, we're going to switch it up a little bit and we're just going to have some fun philosophical discussions, ask some questions and our thoughts surrounding those questions. So we're going to jump right in. And Zach, my question to you that I came up with last night, it's kind of a three-parter, but we'll start with the first part of it is, what does success look like to you? What does success look like to me? Okay, that's interesting. Um, I'm going to take a second to reflect and then... Please do. I think it's a question that a lot of people ask, but I don't know if it's the right question at the same time because that's one of those things is like when you ask what success looks like in the world versus like what it looks like to somebody, I think it's way different. And I think first to answer your question, I'll answer what success looks like to me. And then maybe it'll lead into like, what does success look like for the, you know, group of people that were part of our culture, our nation, whatever. Um, so like what success looks like to me is when somebody is driven towards accomplishing their goals, regardless of what their goals are. And I think that for me, success is super aligned with my goals, which some of them are, uh, academic in nature, professional, um, they're related to like physical health and stuff like that. So success looks like to me when I wake up in the morning and I just know what I want to do for the day. And it's not to say every day needs to be like that, but I know that this is going to be a day where I'm going to relax and, and really get some time to myself again and kind of reevaluate everything. And then another day it's like, I'm going to go be the best student or I'm going to go be the best career coach, or I'm going to be the best researcher today and do, two research interviews and it's where you wake up every day and you kind of know where you're heading, I think is what a successful mindset is. Now a success and outcomes can look a lot different depending on like the goals that people have, but some markers of success that I see in my own life, I recently got an article published and I'm this close to getting a second one published. Um, so I'm, I'm saying that that makes me feel successful. Um, acquiring like funding to go to school that made me feel successful. Um, I also felt really successful when I have presented at conferences or when I take like a leadership position in some kind of uh, group, some community engagement, something like that. So when I'm doing career coaching, when I'm doing coaching with rugby, that makes me feel successful, even though it's not like success in the monetary way that a lot of people might consider success. Um, but those are just a few ways that I'm thinking about it now. I'd love it if, if you have any thoughts too. Yeah, for sure. So I like, like, there's a key thing that you said there being all these different ways that you find success and the way I 
see that in my head is appreciating and acknowledging the small wins. And I think that's something we've talked about on here before. We've definitely talked about it off the air. Um, and that I don't think that can be underestimated. And that's not to downplay any of your achievements, regardless of what their stature is. But I think people can look so much forward to those bigger, um, what a society's description of success look like in terms of uh, their goals. And mm -hmm. that can take away from those daily things of getting up out of bed in the morning and knowing what I'm going to do today. Yeah. Uh, going to the gym, you know, being a leader. So I think you really hit home with that one. And I tend to agree with you that we have there should be a distinct, like a separation between what our personal success looks like versus what society deems as successful. And chasing the latter has a tendency to leave people unhappy because mm -hmm. that's not your definition. That's not your framework for success and for happiness. So to then put that same question on myself, what does success look like? And this may sound a bit cliche, forgive me, but it is progress. It's consistency. It is discipline. It is aiming to be better than you were the day before, the month before, the year before, and striving to work there every day. Now, every day looks different and you might not get there every day, that 1% better, but it's that constant progress of moving towards something and that achievement mm. can look differently, but it is you moving closer and closer to those goals. I mean, you look like you have some thoughts on it. So I definitely want to hear. Yeah, I have a lot. I'm glad that you caught okay. me because I don't want to interrupt you, but let's just Not free now. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, is it always progressing towards something or what if somebody has a goal to be stable? Like, what if my goal in life is just to do what I'm doing every day and to continue doing it well, instead of like, I'm striving to get to a next phase. And I think that that striving was the negative aspect that some people encounter when it comes to like, I thinking about success is like, oh, there's something out there that I have to achieve versus some people might say that a successful life is one in which they wake up every morning and they're able to do the simple things like similar way of where I, where I was thinking, but I also thought of like the idea of um, like progressivism and conservatism and how, depending on what your kind of uh, automatic mindset is, whether you think that there's something to be improved or whether you think that there's something to be sustained could change what you think success is. And that's not, that's literally the philosophy of those two things. It's not like the political aspect of it. Just the idea that your outlook on the world is progressive, meaning there's something to be striving towards. I feel like people who have that mindset, success is when there's an alignment between your mind and what you do, I think, in a different level, which is much more abstract than I think you and I were first leading to, which was just like, it's when you're striving to become better. But I don't know that that's always what success is like for everybody. Absolutely. I mean, you're right, because and that's where perspective comes in and the whole unique personal situations come in. So yeah. mine is from a standpoint of someone who sees a bright future, 
who sees within himself a lot of potential to make change, to serve people, to bring joy, all these things, you know, create generational wealth for my family to support and provide for my family, be comfortable and all these things. So in my mind, I'm so far from that. So success looks like inching towards that day to day, week to week, month to month, year to year. But to your point, somebody who has achieved a level where they feel comfortable, where they feel fulfilled in their life, right? Isn't looking towards what's the next thing. It's how can I manage and maintain this thing? So I appreciate you steering me back to it is about perspective. And now it is kind of like, I don't want to move anybody out of like, you know, what their image of success looks like. Mm -hmm. But as you mentioned, when I think about it on a global scale, I think there's so many things we could do in a, a from a progressive mindset yeah. or even just from, a, if you scale it down to a national scale, um, a progressive mindset and not to, I don't want to push those things onto people who, you know, aren't looking to align themselves with certain causes, but that is instantly what my mind draws to is, well, how can we all be part of a bigger success? That isn't necessarily our own success. That yeah. isn't necessarily reflective of us individually, but is a broader scale for success as a whole, if that makes sense. I know it's kind of. No, it definitely makes sense. All around. Go ahead. I was uh, going to ask you a follow up, which is like, why do you want to know what I think about success? So, and this is from a more personal standpoint, right? Sure. Is because I look at you as someone, not as someone who's arrived, you know, and somebody who's perfect and that has everything all together. That's pretty but accurate. I, <laughs> but I, I do, I do see you as someone who has taken more steps. Who's a few, who's a bit further along in that journey of finding ways to success if that makes sense and by that i mean your organization your the way you're constantly moving and setting yourself up in a variety of areas to achieve your goals whether that's paying off student debt getting through the rest of your program running a business as a ceo enhancing your relationship with maddie like whatever it is like i see you as someone who is taken strides in those areas. And I see a lot that I can learn from you as an individual. So it helps me not, it helps mold my framework and understanding the steps and the mindset that got you to where you are. You know, it's, it's not that I'm looking for your definition so that I can make it my definition, but yeah. it helps guide that thought process. You know, how, what, what things can I start to mirror or imitate that, what behaviors does Zach have? Um, what thoughts do Zach, does Zach have that can move me closer to a state where I feel like I am moving almost holistically, I guess, in sync, all the pistons are running, you know, um, everything's 
the ducks are aligned, if that makes sense. So yeah. that is that is my reason for asking. And I do want to give you a chance to respond before I prompt like the second part of that question. I don't want to rush us because I think we're already on a roll as it is. But yeah, we're doing good. I wanted to give you a, I wanted to give you a second to say whatever you had to say about it. Oh, I wanted to know like I'm really into definitions and kind of like the why behind we ask questions. So like, what did we even mean by success? Why do you want to know about success in my mind? And I think it's something that I don't really think about. It's more like of an intuitive thing is like, um, when I'm doing things, I think, uh, I think the way that we think about it in like psych is like maximizer is somebody who wants to maximize their interactions and their time. And so, because I have like mental models or frameworks or worldviews that essentially allow me to say, I need to be maximizing this in regard to X goal all the time. So I'm always thinking about like my social goals, my intellectual goals, my spiritual goals, uh, my physical goals. And because I have a framework in my head that allows me to encounter a situation. And I think it's mindfulness. I think it's, it's what mindfulness is where you're super uh, reflective on yourself and the situations. And so pretty much when you filter the world, you filter it intentionally through your experiences. And so essentially what I do is I filter my interactions with the world through my working models, my mental models, which essentially my worldview. And I say, what do I want out of this experience or interaction? And then because of that, I think that's more of what a, a successful mindset looks like. It's not about what the goals are, but it's about being able to experience or encounter the world in a mindful way in which it is aligned with your identity and your uh, goals. And so it's a very, very um, not an easy thing to pinpoint, especially from like a scientific perspective, like we're all about measurement and like how the fuck do you measure that, right? It's pretty hard to. Um, but thinking anecdotally, like, do you, does that ring any bells in your head when I'm saying about like, it's not about what you're doing or how you're doing it. It's about how you're making sense of what you're doing and how you, once you can make sense of the situation, you evaluate your bigger picture goals. You start to do things within those interactions that could potentially build towards those things. Yeah. I like this talk, Tuesday talks because we're always so concrete but right now we're like no it's not this concrete thing it's really moving fluid thing uh that's kind of above all of our heads right and i mean that's that that highlights a good point which is the process of life is just a really fluid thing um, yep. and obviously it's unique for each individual and their perspectives so it is something that you have to work your way through it's not there's not just a book like we talk about with the learning group you can find these things on the internet like you can find people talking about these things on the internet, but there's no definitive answer that's best for you, right? Because it depends on your worldview, the lens that you see things through, your experiences that color these different yeah. uh, encounters, right? So as you said, for me, like, does that ring any bells? I mean... I would say, so case in point, actually, I'm a military brat. I'm mm -hmm. a product of two Air Force uh, veterans. And that definitely 
has influenced how I see the world, right? When I think about it later on, because I didn't think about it very much growing up, but looking at it now, I was as sheltered as you can be, like legit, because I mean, for portions, of, for a large portion of my life, I lived either on or near a military base. I spent much of my time on or near a military base. So things are very controlled. Things are very clean, for lack of a better word. You know, there, there's a lot of things I'm not exposed to within that environment. Mm -hmm. So my experience of the world then was very nice and neat. And then having grown up, coming back to the United States, um, being of an older mindset and knowing a little bit more and then, you know, going to college and then graduating and now post-college and being exposed to so many things, the mindfulness has taken a shift, say, in the last eight years, nine years, mm. 10 years, right? Um, and how I see myself fitting into a world that has gotten so much more complicated in that time is drastically different, right? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to self-reflection, I feel like I do it almost to a fault just because it feels like the hyper-awareness can sometimes undermine me because I'm thinking so much about what I am and I'm not doing, and it feels like I'm just spinning my wheels. You know, mm -hmm. it feels like I'm not like when I said success earlier, it feels like I'm not moving towards something. Like I know what is supposed to be the next step or what should be or who I should talk to, what I should do. But then it, there's mm -hmm. a disconnect. And so the mindfulness feels there, but the follow through isn't. Yeah. And so can I, can I give a yeah. thought on that? So there's a difference I think between mindfulness and like what we call anxiety. So anxiety is kind of this idea of you look into the future, you see goals for yourself, some realistic, some, un, some unrealistic, and you worry about why you're not there yet or how you might get there. Right. And so that's like, that's being mindful isn't, is non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. So that's, what's different. I think in our culture, we think about mindfulness as if it's this thing that's like just being self-aware. It's not. Mindfulness is about being aware of yourself in the present moment in a non-judgmental tone. And so what you might be doing when you're doing the things that you were just doing is you're looking and you're actually judging yourself because you feel like the wheels are spinning. And so that's where you can start opening the doors to anxiety and call it mindfulness and it can mislead you a little bit. So what you want to do in those moments is look at goals, but don't see yourself progressing through them. Just be there and think about, I'm doing these things right now and they can work towards this if I apply my goals in this way. And you have to be very strategic. And that's where you take like a mindfulness to say, I'm here, right? And it's not about where I'm going at this point. It's just like, this could be a big step or a small step, but I'm just going to go and put myself out there. And it's not really like I need to. And so we have this also joke in some of my classes, which don't should on everyone, <laughs> like should S H O U D L D fuck if I can spell. Um, so <laughs> also this is fine. Cause this, this is the good part of the podcast. People need to know our actual personalities too. And yeah. yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so with that, like don't should on yourself, right? Like don't say yeah. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. Like, 
notice in your head that there's something that you want to do, but don't be disappointed in yourself because I should have talked to that person. I should go do this. I need to be doing this. Like realize what's in your control and out of your control and don't shit on yourself. Just be yourself. So with that, like, you know, you talk about a non-judgmental tone and how do, how would we remove the emotion that's attached to that? Because obviously it being from your own perspective, you're invested, you're personally invested in the things that do and don't happen within your Mm -hmm. life, which lend itself to you being emotionally invested because like, as you said, you've opened doors to anxiety now Yeah. when you think about the, when you should on yourself. So I'm going to have to make this episode, like I'm going to have to categorize it as explicit just because of the, the close nature of it. Um, but when you, when you should on yourself, it seems so easy to do that. And you might think to yourself, well, I do have control over that. Like, I mm-hmm. could have talked to that person, so I should have talked to that person. That mm-hmm. was within my control. So yeah. how do you reconcile that and the emotion that you automatically attach, you, you tend yeah. to attach to things that involve directly yourself? The way that I would attach that disappointment, I would turn it into motivation and say, next time I talk to somebody like that, I'm not going to be a coward. I'm going to be courageous and go in and speak with them because you really like um i was always told like confidence is key like growing up i was they were just said like confidence is key just like be confident and the world will see you as a confident person Mm -hmm. and it's true it's not like you actually have to be a confident person to be confident right Mm -hmm. so there's an interesting distinction that i'll make for you about this mindfulness aspect mindfulness is a both a trait and it's a state of being so that's how they separate it. So trait mindfulness is more of this, um, very, uh, much a characteristic of the self. So it's like your intuition is to be more mindful. You know, your baseline for mindfulness is higher than some other people who have a lower baseline, uh, trait mindfulness. And so some people just have this element of themselves. That's super reflective and super hype, a little bit hyper aware, not hyper aware in a negative way, but just more aware than average person. And a lot of people don't have that. They might have the opposite is like, they're not as self-aware and that's not an issue because their trait is different, but there's also this ability to improve your state mindfulness. So state, think of just like, what is the state of you at this moment? It's not like your, it's not like your constant personality. It's more of just like who you are in your current experience. And so the state mindfulness can be elevated through mindfulness practice. And you can be, learn how to become more self-aware and more non-judgmental, et cetera. Um, but then there's also when the state where you're typically a more mindful person, but because something hyper-emotional is happening, your state mindfulness is probably very low at times, right? So it's really a battle. It's I'm talking more of like a um, theoretical or scientific perspective on the matter, but you're asking for more, how do I? In real life, it's like you can do things and acknowledge things to enhance your traits of mindfulness. So mindfulness is like constantly trying to build your character, right? So trying to build a uh, mindful demeanor, you can do that through a series of practices. Some is just self-reflection, meditation, um, quiet time, reading, things like this, where you're kind of like turned inward 
right? And, and it's really about uh, an, an internal facing process. How do you experience the world is really how do you experience your mind? And so that's where like, in order to, <clears throat> let's say, separate yourself or to not have that adverse effect from those negative experiences that you might have where you're like, I should have talked to that person and maybe you get angry at yourself or something. Mindfulness, once it's enhanced, is just about being able to see the anger and the experience as different things. So the experience itself was more neutral. You could have done something, but the person doesn't have a negative or positive view of you afterwards. But your experience of yourself and your emotion is a negative in yourself. And so if you allow those things to connect, you're not going to talk to the person again because you miss the opportunity. It's angry. It's going to be a negative interaction if I do that. It's really just about like taking a breath and letting go. Like that's in a very simple way. Like, oh, I didn't, I fucked up or whatever. Next time I'll do better. And as you explain it there, it connects. So just inherently when you should on yourself, um, particularly should have, yeah, I know I'm having fun saying it. Yeah, you're, um, you're going a little crazy. <laughs> it might be the title. Um, when you but... show yourself, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Um, yeah, no, that hey, it, it's an attention grabber. I guarantee you, we get a couple more views and clicks putting that as the title in the story on the on the Instagram story or yeah. our stories. You, you might get a couple more uh, success there, like that. Eh. But then the shooting, they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. skip through the first twenty minutes, and then oh, once you started talking about shooting, that's when I got that's when I got involved. Yeah. Um, but that seems to naturally be a past reflection kind of ordeal, like a state of where you're already you're dwelling in the past, rather. Um, I should have done this. I should have done that. Um, or, like you said, in the future, alternatively, I should do this. I should do that. I should instead of being present in the moment. Yeah. Here's what I can do. Here's yeah. what I will do. So. And so go ahead. Well, no, you're good. Um, and to that point, I know I, I'm, I'm taking a second to get there. Um, and to that point, because I have a tendency to tell some of my friends who have a tendency to overthink about things, whether they're regrets or um, th yeah, things that they wish they had done differently. Well, you can't change it now. Like that's the past. What you can do is change your relationship to that history. Like we've talked about, you can change how you view that experience and that will then change how you move differently going forward. So it is kind of that living more of that living in the present as what you said before, but go ahead. Well, your example is when you go to an event or something and you didn't talk to that person, is that kind of what you were referring to at first? Yeah, a little bit. So tell me a little bit more about yeah. what that experience was like. When I didn't go talk to a person? Yeah. And you I thought it like, oh, damn. It was definitely the... What like who were the players? Out? Who were the players and what was the situation that you were actually in? When could you have walked up and talked to them? And when did you not choose not to? And then how did it end? How did you know this person? So the, the best examples that come to my mind are 
instances, well, the first ones that come to my mind are instances when I didn't talk to say a girl, you know, um, there was an attractive lady. I don't make, I don't make a habit of speaking to women like that in the gym, anywhere else, like just about sure. Um, I, there's a whole thing with gym culture and it's just, I, I want to avoid any, any just like messiness there. But, uh, for example, say Tavares and I have been go to scrim shack. I don't know if you know scrim shack in Newport news, uh, not Newport news, Yorktown. Oh, it's like next time we go, go to scrim Is shack. I'll, I'll see. Yeah. Catfish. Uh, also, yes. Seafood. Okay. Um, so there's some girl so, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, girl that works there, girl that works there, and instantly notice her at the at the counter, and talk as far as ordering, but then leave and say nothing. What that ends up like becoming is now a what if that will stick with me for however long. What could it have been? Or like, I prefer to just know now. Man, I'm a coward, man. Like all it was was just a couple of words where she could say no. And now it is all this talking down on myself about how hard would it have really been just to say such and such. Um, so is that what you meant as far as kind of like laying out the. Well, you completely scenario? fooled the whole whoever was listening. We thought you were talking about like networking and shit like that. Maybe I did. Hey, well, guys, hey, no, Trey, Trey. This is really about Trey trying to get some ladies in his life, and he needs some advice. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. Chat uh, in the comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but that was kind of funny, though, because the way I was thinking about this whole mindfulness and success and, and reaching out to strangers and stuff and how to overcome that, it had a different in, intention to it. But this is also, you know, the real shit. Like, it's like, yeah, how do I re talk to this girl? And how do I not be hard on myself? First of all, um, thank you for sharing that. Thank you for sharing that with the world. Uh, your vul your vulnerability is appreciated. Um, and second, like, why do you got to talk to the girl? Like, why her? Why not someone else? Just because she's pretty? Because she's pretty. Well, because sure. I mean, that's all you can really... That's. That's what you go off of. I I know what people say about looks aren't everything and da, da da da. But like you tend to talk to people, boy or girl, based off of how you see them first. Unless you're hearing them, overhearing sure. them speaking about something, or you see them at a conference. You know that's more of your wheelhouse. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I know you're you're taken now. But yeah, this, this pretty lady is speaking on all these philosophical uh, sciences and whatnot. And you're just enraptured in like what she's saying and like the content and you just know she's a great person. Like otherwise, yes. But this is some girl you saw at the, at, at the front of a restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like, um, no, but that's a different, no. So you, you're, <laughs> you're funny, but this is actually a fun point because it's like, is that success? That is success in like a romantic life. Right. Hmm. Like you're trying to be successful in your romantic endeavors and your relationships, whether it be with somebody who I thought it might have been like a networking relationship, but you're talking more like a romantic one. And so like, what is it that you would have wanted out of the interaction? Is it just you want to see yourself take more chances or did you want something to work out with this specific person? And, you know, as I've <laughs> grown and have more of those encounters, both where I did and didn't say anything, it has become more of I just want to see myself muster up the courage to speak to someone I don't know, mm -hmm. regardless of what happens afterwards. 
Like if I find somebody that I then go on some dates with afterwards, great. But I found that the times when I would talk, and even if it doesn't end in the way I might hope in getting a number or getting a chance to talk to them more, I walk away from that with my chin up and my chest up. Cause I'm like, all right, I went there. I did what I said I was going to do. And I didn't die. Imagine that from just talking to somebody. And that has bled into networking conversations because literally the worst someone can do in those situations more often than not is just be like, no, thank you. Or like, you know, they don't want the connection. They don't want, um, they don't have anything for you, but it is something that I'm still gaining from each of those encounters of having spoken to somebody. I took the chance. I went out. I am as an outreach officer doing outreach. I'm speaking to people. That's my whole thing. And it's made it easier. So from the romantic life, it has made it easier now into the networking life of just go talk to them. Literally just go talk to them. Like Hmm. just see, because that's a potential opportunity now that I've missed out on. And that could have helped me and my team just because I was shy. Just because I couldn't get myself to just say, hi, my name is Trey, such and such, and go from there, you know, deliver my 30-second pitch or just say, I know you are such and such. You're Drew Doherty. You're a commentator for the Texans. I wanted to talk to you for a second about broadcasting. Mm -hmm. And boom, wherever that conversation goes from there, I've taken that step. And that is success because now I'm doing that at a higher frequency than I was doing that before. So... To your point, to get us back into the right, uh, right on track, the romantic, for lack of a better word, failures or shortcomings have transitioned into more networking successes. So it has become a change. There has been a slight mind shift, mind shift, shift in mindset. And I see it developing every day or every week, rather. Every yeah. month, it's just, I can feel the change happening. I can feel the confidence that you're talking about. And it's becoming less like, uh, you know, a facade of confidence as opposed to a being of confidence, a confidence, a trait rather, you know, uh, more than yeah. just the state of being, it's becoming a trait of confidence. Yeah. So that has been the development and it's been definitely been uh, positive for me. All right. Mr. Oh, yeah. Trey, are you out there? You know where to find them. Email him at promote yourself at treywalker.com. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> now, now we'll get to the real email. No, um, yeah, so that's we'll, we'll, we're, at, we're about almost 35 minutes. So we'll, we'll wrap this one. Um, I think that was a great discussion, and I, I look forward to us doing more like this because, you know, as you pointed out, it's real flip. It's real free flowing. It's real authentic because it is us and it's really just us having a conversation. So and I hope that there's value that people can pick up from here. I mean, I know there is, but I hope you see it and, and you pull something from this that you guys can apply to your everyday lives. But that's it for us today on Tuesday Talks from the esteemed Zach Swanson and myself, Trayvon Walker. Um, thank you for tuning in, guys, and be ready for the next one. In the meantime, see you later. See you.